Simon Sinek is an author who really inspires me. This episode is all about the why behind the brand Zara and a just cause of the future we envision. How the past inspired us to create a better future in which we want to play a small part in making women's lives better. Tarun Jigwani and I'm the creative director of my destination jewelry brand Sara. You are now tuned in to our podcast Sara Talks where I share my journey about creating my brand along with the conversations with the amazing people I have met along the way. From design to strategy, mindset to social media, the podcast is about sharing the grit behind the glamour of brands around the world. And now over to this week's episode. I realized I never really shared about the origins of Sara, how Sara was actually created, what the future of Sara is. I just assumed you'd you know seen some things on social media or seen the website, but I wanted to take this opportunity to share what Sara actually is. And to go back, we have to go back all the way to the beginning. I'm a third generation golden diamond jeweler, and my parents and my grandfather have been producing jewelry ever since I was born. And my love for jewelry actually started in school days when in the summer holidays I'd go to the pa- to the office and I'd go to my parents cabin and I'd you know see different sides of the jewelry business whenever I'd go to my dad's cabin I'd just be blown away at how exclusive jewelry actually is I would just be like wow this thing's like so expensive I can't believe it it's amazing and when I go to my mom's cabin it was the opposite I'd see the creative side of bringing something to life. My mom would always be surrounded by designs. She'd always be sketching, you know, figuring out color stones and combinations. And I was just fascinated by it. And sometime very young, I decided that I wanted to be a jeweler. I was just so amazed by jewelry. So that's what I did. Uh, I studied by profession. I'm a graduate jeweler from GIA. So that technically means that I'm the guy that you give all the raw materials to and we can shape jewelry and bring it out to you. I also studied diamonds, design and CAD and I actually fell in love with the design. Sorry, not the design, but the production process. And when I came back home, I told my dad, I was like, dad, like, I think we need to start a factory so there's consistency. And, you know, now I have, you know, the technical knowledge to, you know, run things or know how jewelry is made. So let's do that. So that's exactly what we did. We set up a factory and that's what I did. Now jump forward to 2010. In 2010, I'd just gotten married and we're on our way for a friend's destination wedding. This is a close group of friends, a wedding that's in the best of times. It was, I think, November, December, and in the best of locations. We're in Udaipur and we're shuttling between the Lake Palace and the Leela Kempinski. And it's just amazing. Like I, uh, the wedding was super scenic. I was uh, I loved it. But in that, in a destination wedding, we tend to like over party and undersleep. And one of those nights, we came home uh, to the room, and Natasha realized that one of her gold bangles is missing. And to make matters worse, this is a gold bangle given to her by my mom on our wedding day, six or seven months prior. So obviously, emotional drama breaks down. We start, you know stressing about this and trying to look for the bangle and unfortunately for us this gold bangle is lost 
I try and salvage the situation by telling Natasha, thank God the diamond one is not lost. They were safe there. And the, the bangles made in the factory. So, you know, you don't even need to tell my mom about this. Like, I'll just order it. And, you know, when we go back home, you know, things will all be good. And Natasha said, no, like, there's no way that that's going to happen. Like, she has to tell my mom. And I was like, oh, God, like you got to deal with this. Then you got to deal with this. So when we come back home, one of the days I come back from work, Natasha and my mom are talking and they've come up with the idea of destination jewelry. I was like, okay, so what is destination jewelry? They're like, after the sort of drama that came across in Udaipur, she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be stressed when I'm carrying jewelry. But at the same time, I don't want to be conscious about, you know, wearing quote unquote fake stuff. So why not use our manufacturing expertise to make the product, but get rid of all the expensive materials like gold and diamonds? So I said, okay, that sounds like a great idea. And essentially that's what Natasha did. She would do exhibitions, you know, book some orders from home and she ran the business. Um, and I was, you know, there as technical support, you know, you want to make the product, I'll help you produce it. And, you know, I was not really involved in it till about 2013, 14, when my daughter Naisha was born. And about, you know, one of those days I had friends over and one of my friends came up to me and he's like, aren't diapers expensive? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, like aren't diapers and all these baby products really expensive? And I was like, I really don't know. I mean, I consider myself a hands-on dad, but I really don't know what the prices of diapers or formula or, you know, all this other stuff that comes with babies. <clears throat> so at the end of the night, I spoke to Natasha. I was like, how expensive are diapers? And to be honest, she told me a figure. I still don't remember it. But what was amazing, I was like, okay, if it's, if it's that expensive that somebody needs to have a conversation with me, you know, amongst friends, like, where are you getting the money from? And she's like, oh, I'm taking it out of the business. You know, Sarah, I mean, her business at that time was called Mercado. She's like, you know, that's generating some amount of money. And I'm taking some out because I'm, you know, slowing that down. I'm not really interested in it. And I was like, whoa, like, that's kind of interesting. And at that point, she shared, you know, what is, you know, the money that she's making. And I was like, sweetheart, this is no longer a hobby. This is an actual business. And for whatever reasons, for the next, for the past two, three years, I had considered this as just a hobby that Natasha was doing. But at that point, I realized that this is a full-blown business. So this is what I ended up telling her. I said, Natasha, like, you know, you want to take care of the kid. You know, you take care of Naisha and that's amazing. I want to get involved and I want to support you to make this grow because this has crazy potential. So she was like, okay, like, what do you suggest? I was like, we definitely need to build a website. I think this was the time that either Amazon was coming into India or, you know, one of these e-com players was getting some crazy valuations. And I was like, I think an e-commerce website is going to be the future. So she said, okay, like, I'm not really going to run this and I'm not going to get involved in the technicals. You take this over if you want to do this. I want to be interested in what I'm currently doing which is, you know, taking care of Naisha at that time. I'm not really interested in, you know, growing the business. So I said, okay, like, you know, I figured out, you know, Shopify at that time and, you know, you know, got some guys to, you know, run a website, you know, get a website up and running for us. And I ran it for a year and we ran it for exactly one year. And in one year, we got exactly zero sales, not even one. Like it was crazy. So I told Natasha, like, this is this obviously something we're doing wrong. And Natasha said, no, let's just shut the website down. Why do you want to, like, kind of spend money and maintain this? Like, it's not worth it. 
And at that point, I got really interested in websites and, you know, digital. I was like, there has to be something wrong because we're buying, you know, TVs online and, you know, grocery shopping can come online. Jewelry fits in the middle of that. Like, why aren't people buying jewelry or why aren't they coming to the website? So I started, you know, Googling things and, you know, figuring out what was wrong. And I realized, oh, there's something called marketing or other digital marketing that we never really did. We just had a website and we just expected that 7 billion people would find us and we would become the next Mark Zuckerberg. Like, obvious. Um, so I started reading about this and I started reading blogs and YouTube videos and I said, okay, like this seems like it's doable. So I'm going to like kind of test this out. So I said, I'm going to build my own website and it's essentially going to be a blog where I'm going to like tell people that hired me as a consultant to get their business online, knowing very well that I do not have any experience and that I'm just a jeweler. And I started my blog called Business Owner to Entrepreneur. It's still on, but I really haven't updated anything in years. And in that process, I ended up, you know, you know, having an email, then, you know, you know, having a sequence of emails. And in one of those emails, I had essentially said, okay, you guys are now reading my articles. Why aren't you interested in hiring me as a consultant it's free of cost i'm not going to charge you hire me as a consultant and four people signed up i had a list of maybe like 120 or 130 people and four people signed me up three to three of them were my friends so that doesn't really count but one were siblings that are just amazing uh, zen and azra they they're essentially artists like they wanted to get involved in transferring their art which is like psychedelic artwork into shirt and a clothing company and they were like okay we kind of want to like understand what this digital thing is and we did about 10 or 12 sessions with them and it was mind-blowing like i really didn't know what i was doing um, and the questions that they would ask i would google and you know find out and do some research and you know come back next week and after about 10 or 12 weeks things changed um, I, never, I never really looked at them as random people. Like, I consider them now friends. And at that point, like, a huge light bulb went off. I was like, wait, this is the future. Like, something is happening here that I don't know what it is. Like, people are willing to interact with someone that they've never met. And then we're setting up, you know, Google Hangouts at the time. And we're connecting. And that connection is you know forming into real relationships and it's crazy so i went and told my dad i was like dad like i don't know what this is but like we need to start investing in digital and we need to really take our golden diamond business seriously on the digital front but our golden diamond business was a b2b business and we were like okay but you know if we put our products online you know our clients may you know get a little annoyed i mean how would we work around this and at that point i was like I think Natasha's business is there. Why don't I start taking her business and moving things forward over there? Because she is slowing down to a point where, you know, if orders are coming, she's executing. If they're not, she's not doing anything. And that's exactly what I did. So I said, okay, let's start a company. Um, you know, let's use Natasha's model and let's grow on this. And essentially, that's how Sarah got created. I mean, my mom picked the name. I have literally no idea what it means um, I, I mean, when people ask me, like, why Sarah, why with a silent T? And I'm just like, you know, I really don't know. Like, this is something my mom picked. She liked, you know, 
something of you know i think sanskrit origins that had like a silent letter in the front i really don't know and i at that point i was like okay like this is it like i'm going to go in for this and that's how sara was formed and everything now that i do in sara is based on that destination wedding in the airport like every single thing i look at in terms of business strategy in terms of decisions goes back to that wedding because i i had first hand experience of what it felt like for a woman when she lost something that was super precious to her there was a sense of shame this guilt i don't know this this sense of unworthiness i don't know like it, whatever you want to call it like it was there and it was alive and it was present and everything that i do now is going back to that destination when it's collections we always figure out you know what is it from the wedding perspective like we you know is this going to be one at a wedding or a, you know a reception or you know the mehndi or the sangeet or is this like the you know after parties or is this just like hanging around in the beach or a poolside like all the collections are inspired from those instant or events at a wedding and then using the emotions of how natasha felt everything that we want to do in sara is to make women's lives better when it comes to fashion like make it better when it comes to ease make it better in terms of creating value essentially that's why the podcast was created that's why we created the fashion magazine senza it's why we take smaller steps in the business to ensure that women feel i don't know a sense of pride a sense of aspiration when they buy the product but not at a sense of pressure it's one of the reasons why i'm kind of i prefer the subtle game i'm definitely not looking at currently you know audacious you know logos put on the product because i'm like what you wouldn't wear that on a wedding like i'm not i'm i want to be the guy that creates jewelry that's worn and doesn't sit in a locker irrespective of the price like for me that's the greatest satisfaction i get and that's what we kind of always get inspired by is that wedding that caused so much emotional drama and breakdown at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning is the source of my greatest inspiration every single thing we do is based on trying to make women's lives better and that's an audacious goal like really really audacious but it's something that always drives me it always pushes me to create a better product to create a better service that comes with that product and that's what the future of sara is that's the reasons why i do a lot of the things i do that's what that's Even- my driving force that's and every time i get a compliment that the jewelry was worn well or i get like a comment on social that thank you so much really appreciate it. it blows my mind away i'm super excited and super grateful that i get the opportunity to play a small part like really small part in a woman enjoying a wedding or enjoying going out with friends a little more because she's a little less stressed about the jewelry that she's carrying her heirlooms are safe in the locker where they should be and she's accessorizing herself well she feels great you know she's picking up products that are fashionable that come at a great price that look fantastic and that's a, that's exactly what i want to aim for that's this is it like this is what sara is this is what sara is going to be and i and the, one of the things that i always want to associate myself is not necessarily always the product 
but the benefit the product actually gets. And that's what I'm always super excited about. That's the reasons why I do these crazy podcasts, right? Like which jeweler is spending, you know, dedicating a podcast every week? Like, no, 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 it has to go out because I know that someone will hear this, get some value out of this, get connected to the brand in a way that has never been done before. And then I earn a little bit more trust. And irrespective of whether I'm doing gold and diamonds or I'm doing destination jewelry, it's always about trust. And everything is about making sure that your life is better, that there's more trust between us so we can grow together, we can accessorize together. And that's super, super exciting for me. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. In a day where you could have spent your time anywhere, you chose to invest your time listening to this podcast. And for that, I am truly grateful. If you got any value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it or leave a review. I mean, take a screenshot, put it up on Instagram stories, anything to help spread the word out so it reaches more amazing people like yourself. Thank you once again for your time. And I look forward to having you on the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.